A big show to start our week today. DeAndre Hopkins has signed with the Tennessee Titans. What does that mean for Hopkins and the Titans and the AFC South? And Evan Ingram, new contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars. How do coaches and executives around the league rank the NFL quarterbacks? All that on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter, on threads. You can also say hi to us, ask a question, comment on our YouTube channel. You can find the podcast, of course, on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we got some signings here, and I think we're going to have some more as we get close to training camp starting for NFL teams. And it starts, Matt, with DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, there's some rumors, some thoughts that maybe he would become a Tennessee Titan, and it has now happened and is now official. A two-year contract, DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Tennessee Titans and now has, uh, I think, 60 more career touchdowns than the next closest Titan receiver. <laughs> wow, not surprising. So, I know they've been linked together forever as well as the Patriots. And I kind of thought deep down Hopkins is just using those two kind of as patsies so he could get the Buffalo or Kansas city or wherever. Cause I didn't really think, especially the Titans, it made a whole lot of sense just because, you know, they're what I think is a rebuild, but there are teams, my hometown, the Steelers where everyone thought, wow, they're rebuilding last year, but they just don't look at it that way. I, I mean, I think the Titans, Vrabel, Belichick, Tomlin, Carroll, some of those dudes don't accept we're going to be four or five wins this year, take a step back, and it's best for the franchise. We're here to win, and culture is the most important thing out there, so let's send the message that it's not okay to be five or six-win team this year. And before this move, I thought they clearly – were the worst combination of pass catchers and offensive line in the league. And I'm not even sure who was second. I mean, maybe Arizona, somebody like that. I still think it might be the worst O-line. But now in terms of pass catchers with Chig, who I'm real excited about, Burks, who isn't going to be called on to be the target hog that he's not ready to be quite yet, and Hopkins, it's a pretty good group. It's a pretty competitive group. And Hopkins last year, his last year with the Cardinals after uh, suspension, he was – Still DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he, he's yeah, never been yeah. the most dynamic athlete as far as speed, but he can get open. And when the ball's in the air, it's his ball. You know, it's his world. Yeah. He's still got those ball skills. And so he can do that and, you know, brings that veteran presence that they absolutely need if they wanted to. If, if the It makes a ton of sense for the Titans if they're trying to be competitive this year, which clearly they are. Uh, then Burke slots in now as the number two, the young player. We'll see what he looks like in the second year of his career. You got guys like Phillips in the slot. 
um, young player there, a couple other receivers, and Chigo Quanquo, who uh, I you know I loved last year, yeah, seeing yeah. his breakout as a young player and uh, got athleticism. So that's a fun one with Tannehill. See if the offensive line holds up for them and and how that all works out. Obviously with uh, with the star running back, but it it, it really completes the offensive skill position guys there that group if they want to try to compete it doesn't make them great but it makes mm-hmm. it at least like okay these guys can come to town and, and put some points on the board yep and not to speak out of the other side of my mouth but if things do go off the rails by thanksgiving or whatever it's not fair to put levis in there for the last month of the season behind a dreadful offensive line and no weapons and say here's your audition to show, show us if you're our you know quarterback of the future you know like at least you'll give him a chance if he does get in there this year to say, I had a quality supporting cast, you know, like a Ritter audition, you know, like he showed me enough that I'll give him one more year or boy, that was a disaster. I got to go get a quarterback, you know? So at least you see it or even Willis for that matter. <laughs> I, forget I about Willis, right? uh, Matt Harmon does great work. You can find Tremendous, him on yeah, yeah. the socials at Matt Harmon, BYB. Uh, I never, I, I always forget what the BYB stands for, but it's something like it's he did way backyard back in the day. banter. That's what it is. Yeah, it's like his his old blog he did before anybody knew who he was, right? Yep. And what's funny, I, I'm just it's funny. I only remember that because he had like a thirty or forty part uh, podcast where he would interview people of all their background, and I was one of them. So that's why I remember Matt had me on to oh, nice. tell you my story, and that's all it was. Was they bring in Cecil Lammy and say, "How'd you get where you are?" So we mm-hmm. that was fun. That's why I remember. Anyway. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he did his reception perception on the 2022 DeAndre Hopkins. And I mean, his his route tree lights up green, you know, Um, you know, not great on go routes, but corner routes and in routes and out routes and comebacks and, uh, you know, slants and outs and and, and all those things. So um, he he still is really good at all those routes. But the only one they used him on was comebacks or curls like he like he, he ran a lot of routes, but he, he ran mostly curls for the for the Cardinals last year. So he can still do that at, at a very high level. But um, he was more successful on a lot of other routes, but he just wasn't asking mm-hmm. fun. In Not a diverse route tree. Yeah, with like go down, get open, yeah. throw you the ball, box him out. Let's move the chains. Yeah. And goes were never his thing when he was 25, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 You That's why he fell in the draft a little bit. People thought he wouldn't even get get selected in the first round. Um, he ran a four, five, seven, I think, which is, you know, not the worst time, but he, he was clearly never, you know, a burner in that type of player. But man, mm-hmm. uh, at the catch point, I don't know if there's anybody better. No, not in recent memory. I mean, uh, him and Larry are the two that come to mind of just it's their ball. Evan Ingram, the Jacksonville Jaguars have. Uh, sign an extension with Evan Ingram, a three-year contract worth $41.25 million that includes $24 million in guarantees. So um, it actually erases this year of his contract going into that final year where he was tagged at $14.9 million. So it's a two-year extension beyond this year that he was already going to be under contract with the with the franchise tag. So um, a two-year extension on top of this one, which seems like a pretty good deal because he's actually getting less per year on the three-year extension, right, than he was on his tag money this year. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I thought Ingram was a hard guy to defend last year, and this coaching staff used him well. I'm always in favor, whether it's the first overall pick or Levis or whomever, of getting young quarterbacks as much help and as many weapons as possible. And I commend the Jags for doing that. I mean, starting with the Ridley trade, they go get Ridley. They lock up Engram, even like Parker Washington's an intriguing six round pick. 
Um, Tank Bigsby compliments ATN. They draft a tackle high. Heavy offensive draft at the top, including Brenton Strange, who was their second pick in this draft, a, a tight end. So now they have the starting tight end, who's really more of a weapon than a tight end, old school tight end. And Brenton Strange, who they can bring along slow. So they got a lot of talent here around Lawrence. I like it. Yeah, with drafting Strange, who I believe is the third round pick, and um, with the the franchise tag on Ingram, it felt like they were preparing to move on from England. In- I England. thought they might. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a he's a nice weapon for the Jacks. How come it didn't work out as well with the New York Giants? Because Ingram had a good rookie year, right? And then it was kind of like eh, yeah. injuries, and he's just not really he's fast. But that's about it for a tight end and not a great inline blocker or whatever. Seems like the Jacksonville Jaguars were like, oh, this is the matchup nightmare we'd love to have in our offense. Yeah, they're getting a lot out of him, and they'll put him on the line of scrimmage and do, you know, typical X receiver stuff with him, you know, beating man coverage. So he really is a weapon. I think everybody was to blame for the Giants thing. You know, I mean, he had some inconsistencies. He was a hard guy to count on. Uh, The Giants at that point were one of the most inconsistent franchises out there. I mean, a revolving door at quarterback and coaches and, you know, no stability. And history really shows – these type of tight ends that are drafted high usually take that third or fourth year. I mean, the rookie contract usually doesn't go so well. It does take tight ends a little bit of time, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Evan Ingram is going to stick in Jacksonville for three more seasons. Good stuff. Uh, next, a couple of notes on a couple of other players who are staying put. Joe Mixon in Cincinnati and Brian Burns looking like he's on the cusp of a massive deal with the Carolina Panthers. And how do coaches, players, executives around the NFL rank the league's quarterbacks? Next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You have to be 100% sure that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Most job seekers are already on LinkedIn, and that's the key here. You have such a wide array of potential hires that you can find immediately at LinkedIn Jobs. They don't have to be necessarily searching just for your specific job because you all you do is you add your job to your own purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and that spreads the word that you're hiring. You might get your job in front of people who didn't really even realize that your perfect job was there for them. And then you utilize simple tools to whittle down that massive network of job seekers uh, to screen uh, potential hirees, like screening questions and simple tools to, to make it easy to focus on just the right candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Uh, Let's go to Joe Mixon. Let's go to Cincinnati here. And it looks like there's a lot of thought that Joe Mixon might not stick around, similar to, uh, you know, what we saw with Cooks in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it looks like Mixon was due, what, $10 million this season with a $12.8 million cap number. And that was clearly something that Cincinnati was not going to be okay with and, and roll with in the 2023 season. But they've done a little restructuring here now to Joe Mixon's contract, and he took a 
a four and a half million dollar pay cut to stick around. So now he's got a four point six seven million dollar. No, um, let's see. Oh yeah, so a two year pay cut. So this goes into next year as well. So his base salary this year is five and a half million, and he can make make an extra two million dollars in incentives. And his pay and his pay cut next year uh, drops another four and a half million dollars. So I mean, yeah. Again, we we talked about the running back market. It's like, man, Joe Mixon's been right. a running back. You're like, hey, well, uh, you cut half of your pay. Not only are we not going to give you <laughs> right. mega extension, all these defensive linemen are, uh, are are signing, and even some of the tight ends around the league. Actually, if you want to stick around, you got to cut half your salary. And Joe Mixon did. Uh, yeah, and. I thought there was a chance he wouldn't return, even this late in the process. You know, Dalvin Cook wasn't released that long ago. Um, since we brought both those up, uh, of the prominent running backs in the league last year, I thought Cook and Mixon, especially Mixon's tape, took a step backwards. You know, and you know we talked about how tight ends take a little while about this stage of their careers when they start to hit their stride. Well, this is about the same stage of the career where backs usually start to take a step backwards. But – since he's in it to win it, you know, I mean, they are certainly a Super Bowl challenging type team. He's still their best guy. I mean, Chase Brown, guys like that aren't going to unseat Mixon. So it makes sense for both. I, I don't think if you're Mixon, you want to get in that Fournette, Zeke, Cook neighborhood of, you know, no no man's land in terms of a job, hoping the right people call you up. And, oh, by the way, you have some off the field things as well. So you're not for your market might be even thinner. So I get it. Um, I, I just look, the Bengals have a decent chunk of cap space for this year and a nice chunk for next year, but that's going to Joe and Jamar, not Joe Mixon, you know. That that was not going to go to a running back. And even with taking no. the cut, you know, we, we might go through this again next offseason and he still gets cut before the, the, the final year of his deal too. So um, that like I can see them using a second round pick next year on a back. Oh, absolutely, and yeah, that, and yeah, that's yeah. the way to go. You you know, we saw it with the Kansas City Chiefs. We've seen it with other teams. Once you go super expensive at quarterback, um, and especially if you're going to go super expensive at receiver along with quarterback, right? You're not going to pay T. Higgins long term. You're not going to pay a running back. I mean, that's yep. just the way it's going to be. So it's going to be Jamar, and it's going to be Burrow for long term. Maybe they can make it work with short term Higgins and uh, and and chase and kind of work them together with a contract where one's short and one's long. And then one starts getting paid a lot when the other one's gone, maybe they can mm-hmm. finagle something there, but um, it's going to be chase and it's going to be burrow both making big money and not a lot else making a lot of big money on that offense. Right. I mean, they're going to try to keep Higgins best of luck. I mean, I know they have intentions to, but we'll see. That's what we tough to do. And I'm sure to, uh, an episode soon, Matt, we're going to talk about more big extensions, especially on the defensive lines from that 2019 draft class. Quinn Williams had his earlier uh, last week, and then Nick Bosa on deck. He's probably kind of just hanging out, waiting. I, I have a feeling Bosa is going to be that last day right before camp starts, and it's going to be this huge mm. deal. It's going to be thirty million plus per year, something close. He's going to get the closest, and maybe be the only guy that goes over what Aaron Donald's thirty-one point seven million per year is right now. Uh, but Brian Burns, uh, there's been ongoing talks there, uh, a 2019 first round pick, and he's got a big extension coming and talks have been heating up. So would not be surprised. And I thought maybe we even had that news this morning. Brian Burns, I think is going to be next on deck here. Yeah. And I think that's the right message too. You know, that's a proving to be a very aggressive owner in the world of NFL owners. He's a new guy, but I mean that he is in it to win it. I'm tired of going through Darnold and Baker and all these dudes go get me my quarterback, you know, uh, our best defensive player, who's a top six, seven, eight edge rusher in a league that's loaded with them, Burns, it has to be a foundational player. I mean, lock those guys up. 
And speaking of cap space, Carolina has tons of it next year. And it, you don't want to spend all that on the open market overpaying for free agents. You know, keep your good guys. Yeah, keep your good guys. And there was, uh, you know, he was part of a lot of trade talks at the deadline mm-hmm. last year. And they held on to him. And they were asking a lot, as they should have. And now the direction that they're going, if they think they're going to be competitive in the next couple of years, you got to resign Brian Burns. And, if, yep, yep, yep. and you know, uh, if this was pre-drafting quarterback and you need a bunch of extra picks, you trade him, which is where they were last year. They've already done the quarterback drafting now and they've made that move. Resign your guy. Yep. Uh, I meant to bring this up the other day and you mentioned the Bosa contract and it'll get done right before camp and Burns is knocking on the door. I know Alex Highsmith's not close to their category, and he's a Steeler. Williamson shot up about a retired Steelers. But I love how the Steelers do this because it happens every day, every year almost at camp. And I think it's so smart is by the time we bend the Latrobe, which I'll, I'll check in next Thursday and I'll be there basically for a month. By about two weeks in, it's hot. It'll, you know, you've been sleeping on these crappy beds. The novelty's worn off a little bit about going to the bar every night and doing, you know, everything. But that's when they give their guys extensions. You know, like the dog days of camp reward somebody and the whole place lights up, you know, especially the players. Like, I'll be that guy next year. Like, I think that's so yeah. smart. You know, yeah, boost morale, yeah. you know. A reminder, not only we're we're working here as a team, we're trying to win games, but hey, here's this little extra thing. Like, you could set yourself up for life as well. And you're yeah, yeah. I mean, they <laughs> did it with TJ one year where he was mm-hmm. kind of holding in and then they give him a big deal and the whole place erupts and everybody in the cafeteria is going crazy. And, you know, like it, 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 it rewards the right people. It's smart. It, that's a good stuff. reminder too, about the holding ins that can also mm-hmm. happen. So that's why there's that deadline of camp to kind of get deals done. And it creates all of these because some players are like, Oh, oh that hamstring a little tight might not be uh, working. I'm going to be at camp. Can't find me, but might be on the side. Which is kind of funny. And to me, that's kind of like a gentleman's agreement between team and player that we're just going to circumvent the uh the rules that we created for the cba you know yeah. we're just going to have you hold in so we don't have to find you because we're all still friends but we all signed the cba and we don't want you sitting at home because i don't want to find you, you know <laughs> and that's kind of a good uh a good indicator if if talks aren't going well with teams and they're unhappy with each other if players are getting fined and holding out rather than holding yeah out. yeah yeah it's that's a little nasty you'll in that environment right. okay uh, next, I want to talk here about a little bit about these uh, coaches and executives and players around the league. This is an ESPN article, and they do this every year, right? Um, and, yep. and I love hearing from inside the league because as media folks, we make our own lists, and we have our idea, uh, our idea about player value, and we see it every year in the draft. You think this is how teams are going to value players in the draft, and all of a sudden there's a player who gets drafted way out of whack with what the consensus was. And you're like, wow, okay, the league loved this, or at least one team did. Um, and so these kind of lists are cool because you really get some good insight into how the league and the players and the coaches and the decision makers view NFL players. So we'll get to that list of quarterbacks via ESPN next. Thanks once again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you are subscribed up to the new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel, trying to grow that thing. Even if you don't watch a lot of YouTube, subscribe up, uh, hit the notification so you know when we go live for our mailbags on Thursdays. And, uh, of course, you can find us everywhere you find your podcasts. Here we go. This is an article done by uh, Jeremy Fowler, correct, on ESPN, Matt? Yep, he took took this over from Mike Sando, who used yep. to do it. Now Jeremy does it as well. Does it? And I'm sure we'll be checking Sando. in with Mike Sando, who's now with the Athletic. He's going to do his quarterback tiers, which is done just slightly yeah. differently, and it's always a lot of fun and uh, a lot of insight and a lot of good quotes from people around the league too. And some of them, it's like, man, sometimes you 
So two things happen with these lists. Sometimes you're like, oh man, okay, the league, this is how the league really feels about it. It's cool to see him see quotes and you know, most of it's anonymous with people talking about certain mm-hmm. players. And then sometimes you're like, man, the league, the league is full of dummies too. You know, right? Like, how they that guy that low? Right? Really like, I wish I would. I was competing against that guy. And maybe yeah. you understand why some teams aren't doing great because some of the things they say about these players are like, what are you talking about? But it should be no shock. Patrick Mahomes is number one. No, not at all. I, I think he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, I think that's pretty good praise. And one of the quotes here: uh, "He's accurate when uncomfortable." which is probably the hardest thing to do in the NFL. The game just slows down to the point where he's at his best in the chaos. Yeah, that's great. And I think we mentioned it. I forget when we were talking about Burrow, but or and Mahomes or a while back, actually, that these guys have kind of reinvented themselves this year where they're not just taking the deep shots against single high. They're, they're, they're growing up and they're checking the ball down in a Brady like manner. And again, I urge everyone to watch that show quarterback that my friend, uh, uh, Cosro does because Mahomes is just super impressive on there. The second quarterback in the league, it's not Josh Allen. It's actually Joe Burrow and uh, his, his cool. He's definitely the Joe cool of this generation. Unflappable, very calm and poised. One AFC exec says, says whether you're pressuring him, whether he's ahead or behind, he all stays at the same level. Allen is three. That's a pull back the curtain. And frankly, if, Allen versus Burrow is strawberry versus chocolate to me. You know, I mean, whatever you prefer. I think Burrow had the better season, though. I mean, I think they're clu- they're, they're their own tier at two and three. Mahomes stands alone. And some of it was because of Allen had that elbow injury. And from then on, he was not quite as super, you know, superhero-ish, where Burrow just got better and better and better as the season went on and progressed really well. So I would have the same way. I would go Burrow two, Allen three. But we're really splitting hairs. I mean, they're both incredibly good. Yep. And, and still, you know, really good numbers here for Josh Allen when he's under duress, uh, as they point out. And that's kind of like what we're seeing here. Like if if you're trying to find the magic pill to give to your quarterback, make them good under pressure. Make them un- when things go fast, when when thing when the picture is yeah. not perfectly clear, can you can you find your way through that? Right. And, and that's really the thing. Cause there's a lot of guys with athleticism and great arms. How good can you, how fast can you process? How much can you make sense of the, the chaos that is the NFL? And that is the magic pill for NFL quarterbacks. And, and we've seen, we've seen quotes in all these first three guys that that's their, you know, their number one thing. And then it comes to number four, Matt, which is Aaron Rodgers. And it's funny seeing Aaron Rodgers because the league still loves him. He's always really high in these mm-hmm. and he should be, he's a hall of fame quarterback. He's going to be turning 40 years old, but he's still playing at a high level and, you know, not far removed from MVP awards. But it's funny because uh, we're, we're looking uh, ahead to your quarterback fantasy rankings, which will be coming later this week. And Aaron Rodgers, not as high uh, in that list as he is in this list for just, you know, the guy you want running your football team for this year in the NFL. Yeah. And side note, I meant to bring this up earlier. Last year, there was a lot of consternation out there about this top 10 lists or even Sandoz tiers because it was a little clearer. You know, there were guys like Brady. Rodgers was coming off an MVP type season. Stafford had just won the Super Bowl. And, you know, I remember Lamar just came short on this list. He was like 11. Watson had a lot more cachet in terms of where he'd be on a list like this. It was either 
Watson at 10, Lamar at 11, or vice versa. You know, guys like Carr and Murray had a lot more um, pelts on the wall, you know, more of a case to be, you know, 12, 13. This year, there's a lot of questions about these dudes, you know, because even back then, Burrow and Herbert and those guys were really established. And of course, Allen and Mahomes. But right now, where I'm going with this is I don't know where I'd put Rodgers, you know, because I didn't think he was super impressive last year. His interceptions were the worst of his career and they were on him. He got the ball out. He kind of looked somewhat disinterested, but he could win the MVP this year and the Jets could win the Super Bowl and they could go 15 and two. You know, he yeah, could give the whole world a finger. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's like that switch and, and, yeah. and great ones have that. And, and Aaron Rodgers is an all time great player. So, I, yes. I would expect to see much closer to 2021 Aaron Rodgers than 2022 Aaron Rodgers. But there is that thing where it's like, oh, maybe he is kind of done and, and checked out and, and worried about other things and mm-hmm. you know, having a nice little farewell tour in New York. We'll see what that turns out like. But uh, as they say, one of the execs here was quoted saying, basically, he's still that guy that you hate to face. Yeah, and I get that. I, I would be shocked if his time in New York looks like end of career Ben or Breeze or Ryan, you know, like they, they shouldn't be out there. Yeah, I, I'd be shocked if that's how it goes. Uh, five is Justin Herbert. Six is Jalen Hurts. You start going around down this list, Matt. Seven, Lamar Jackson. Eight, Trevor Lawrence. There's so many teams in the league right now that feel awesome about not only they feel like, okay, well, let's see what we got. They feel great. They're like, oh my God, I thank God we've got our quarterback. And uh, there's that's why the AFC is so tough right now because most of them are in that conference. And if you don't, I mean, how do you compete at this point in the NFL when the other team has Rodgers or Lamar or Jalen Hurts? Like you can still compete a little bit, but man, um, it just seems like the haves and have nots, uh, even though there's been a lot of really good young quarterbacks in the league. And and I think back to last off season, Matt, when um, it felt, it felt like everybody felt better. All 32 teams felt better about their quarterbacks than any time in my life. And yeah, by yeah. the end of the season, it's like, oh, well, nope, half of them still suck. That's what's going to happen. And yeah. so, like, especially those, I would say, eight teams, and there's a few more that might, you know, Dak and some of them uh, you might include on there. Um, I mean, it's there's a lot of really good quarterbacks in the league, and, and you're going to be facing those teams, especially when you get into the playoffs. Can you beat those teams that feel that much better than you about quarterback? Yeah, and again, it does change quickly. You know, back to Rodgers just for a second. He was number one on this list, not like second behind Mahomes. He was number one just a year ago. And now I don't know if I'd have him in my top five. Hertz was unranked. Didn't even get his name mentioned a year ago. You know, where a lot of these dudes, the Staffords and Dax and guys like that, their stock went down a little bit. Nobody's rose more than Hertz, you know. So if you're Team X with your quarterback and maybe it's Daniel Jones and you're not super confident he's going to come along or a young guy, Ritter, who knows? Your guy could be six next year. I mean, it's not even mentioned in this list. So like Hurts is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well put. Uh, is there anything that's surprising to you that, to finish out? The, where did I get? I left off it. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence was eight, then Dax at nine, and Matthew Stafford, uh, according to yeah. Lee folks you know and a, and a healthy Stafford's still a really good quarterback not that far removed from a, a Super Bowl win last year was just a rough season for the entire organization of the Los Angeles Rams from you know head coach and quarterback on down and a lot of injuries there if he's still that guy I'm not sure if his arm is going to be up to it at 35 years old you know he's he's got a little bit older arm than some 35 year olds do because a lot of 35 year olds still playing at super high level in the NFL uh, but Matthew Stafford coming in at 10 to finish the top 10. Yeah and 
honestly, he has a lot of similarities to Rogers in terms of how do you rank him? You know, you got to give some of those older dudes the benefit of the doubt. The body work is strong. Of course, of course, Rogers should be higher. I mean, he's better than Stafford always has been probably always will be, but it's, they're tough guys to rank coming off the season that they both had. Um, not a lot of, uh, I don't have a lot of issues with it or a lot of surprises, unfortunately. Um, it'd be better radio if it did. I would have Lamar higher. I, I think I'd have Lamar at like five-ish. I, I just think he's a nightmare to play against. And I may put a buck down on him to win the MVP this year with the people around him. <sighs> Not a lot else. I mean, the the Goff and Cousins and those in cars are they're not far off the top 10. You'd wish they were a little further off the top 10. If a fields or a picket or a Purdy or, you know, whoever, some of these younger dudes can really assert themselves and a couple will, and a couple won't. Right. And if you tell me Stafford's healthy. Yeah. And and look, there's, they've got a roster problem right now in Los Angeles. So the, the win losses might not be there, but if you tell me Stafford's healthy, you have to have a lot of projections. It's hard to say, Oh, I'm going to fight for any of these names to be above him on the list. At number yeah. 10, but the, you know, the honorable mentions here, like uh, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff had a really good year. Kirk Cousins had a really good year. Um, I'm not putting them over oh, those guys in the top 10 right now to uh, right you know, right. healthy again, you know, in that offense. But is it because of Tua? Is it because of everything else? And he's just a really good point guard and facilitator there. Derek Carr is on this list. And, you know, I, I think league execs really like Derek Carr. They like how yeah. he plays yeah. and, you know, leader and those types of things. And then with the rest of the young quarterbacks around the league, there's a ton of projection. And one thing that's always clear to me about these lists is the league doesn't like projection. They're like, give me the 40 year old guy that yeah, yeah, has yeah. won MVPs in the past. I don't want that young guy. I, I don't consider him somebody that I'm worried about in this league yet. Let me see it first. Yeah. I don't have a lot to add to that, but I think there is a bit of a transition in the top 10, you know, will Stafford or Rogers still be able to hold on at their age or, you know, again, Brady was in there last year. And I think it's very obvious that there is a generation of quarterbacks missing, you know, the Mariota, Winston, Wentz type of dudes that, you know, Andrew Luck's not in that mix. I don't see Russell Wilson's name on this list anywhere. You know, he was a top 10 last year you know, without question. So Russell Wilson didn't even receive the, nowhere to be in it. Nowhere to be. There's nowhere a second found. also receiving votes. So Kyler Murray got votes. You know, obviously there's a weird situation there with him and he mm -hmm. was on the list last year. Daniel Jones got votes. Justin Fields got votes and Russell Wilson didn't. He didn't get votes. Not, not even honorable mention. Nothing. Nothing. So you know, a guy like Luck retiring, I always bring up, is problem problematic there. Like Gino, I'm just thinking about guys that age that aren't super old like Stafford and those dudes, but are should be almost or past their prime. You're either young or old right now in the league. There's not a middle class in terms of age guys. You know, maybe Dak is that guy, but there's right. not many of those dudes. So there's yep. a lot okay. of misses. And we, we saw Trevor Lawrence graduate. Still need some more young quarterbacks to graduate to mm -hmm. replace some of the old heads that are that have left recently and are going to be leaving very soon in the NFL as yeah. the quarterbacks. But yeah, that that the middle the middle I, I would it would just basically, you know, it's Mahomes, the late 20s guys. It's Mahomes and, and Allen and it's um Herbert and I guess Lamar's or, still pretty uh, darn young, right? Lamar's yeah. only is he 28? I'm just thinking of those draft classes like in the Winston you know, Mariota era. There are right, yeah. very few hits, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's pretty lean. It's pretty darn it lean. Pretty lean. Yeah. You're right. All right. 
that is the ESPN list. You can find more done by Jeremy Fowler for all the other positions. And Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.